All right. Hello. Welcome and thank you for joining us for another edition of Folks Talking Sports. I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. With me, my co-host, my partners in crime, the youngster of the group, Andy Yanez from, from Paul Slam Jamma and, and Apollo Sports, and Willie Gibson from WTG Sports, the Ohio State he covers them, covers Ohio sports. Let's say, save it like that. Fellas, how y'all doing today? All is well. I'm, I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, man. I'll be even better if uh, the special guest joins us. Um, I just told Will, Andy, since you were late joining us, but don't worry about that. If she joins us, it'll be a surprise. So she does have ties with the Rockets, and I'll just leave it at that, especially the newest Rockets. So we'll just leave it at that. So, uh, oh, so yeah, just yeah. leave it at that. So if you have if the light bulb goes over your head, you, so, yeah. So reach out, reach out to her. Social media is an amazing thing, man. So, you know, I reached out to her and she said that she would uh, join us if she could. So hopefully she'll be able to join us and we can find out a little bit about her and uh, her background, how she got into the doing what she does, you know. So cool. All right, fellas. The draft was That's awesome. Thursday. Oh, well, July 29th. We all know who the first pick was. That's the most important pick in my from my viewpoint, of course. Who was the first pick? I don't. The Detroit basketball had the first pick. Oh, okay. Cunningham uh, went first. Rockets. I'm going to get right there. Rockets number two pick with Jalen Green. Rockets surprised me, okay? I'm speaking for myself and nobody else. They went into the draft with three first-round picks. I did not believe that they would keep all three first-round picks. Not only did they do that, they added a fourth first-round pick via trade. So they came away with four 19-year-old talented players. I think that's a surprise to me because I think it, hopefully it signals that Rafael Stone, GM of the Rockets, has convinced Tillman Fertitta to do the rebuild correctly. Take time and, and build a core with talented players instead of going out trying to get stop gaps and spending a lot of money on veterans for quick fixes, you know, things like that. These four guys, Jalen Green, Alperun Shingun from Turkey, Usman Gruba from Spain, and Josh Christopher, Stanford, four 19-year-olds, all talented in the, in the right. I think they had a great draft. What do y'all think? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Will, do you want to take this first? Uh, sure. Um, yeah. I mean, they, as you said, Chris, I think they, someone, Raphael Stone, someone has convinced uh, Tom Fertitta to go ahead and tear down to the, stud, to the studs, if you will, and build this thing back up the right way. I mean, John Wall clearly didn't do it. I mean, you add these four young men to what uh, they already established last year with the young veterans, uh, Christian Wood, uh, the rookie from last year, Jay Sean Tate. It looks like they're on the right path. Um, they feel needs, and without question, they, they they seem to be on the right path of rebuilding this thing and giving Steven Silas the opportunity to develop and grow with this team. Yeah, well, couldn't have said any better myself, um, especially uh, it, it kind of seemed especially towards the final few days, especially the last week that Houston was going to lean towards Jalen Green over Evan Mobley or potentially anyone else. Uh, but I think, like you said, Chris, I was surprised that they not only did they keep all three of their original picks, but um, also added one. And I think overall they added a, 
a good variety, if that's the right word to describe, in terms of the rookies that they drafted. Um, you look at who they traded up to get with that 16th pick, and and I'm you might, I might need some help saying his name. Is is it Operin Sengun? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to go with Operin Sengun, Sengun, but uh, we'll <laughs> go with that right now, and we will hopefully learn how to pronounce it uh, later on in this show. Right, there's a, there's a hit right there. Yeah, I I figured it out real quickly. Um, but yeah, just uh, looking at his resume, I mean, I believe he won the MVP of the Turkish league uh, as an 18 year old. I mean, Correct. that's 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 big time. You don't see the average person doing that when they're in, at 18 years old. Um, just basing off what some of the Rockets reporters have described. Uh, to his game and, and seeing a, a bit of film about him. He looks like he has a lot of uh, potential in terms of what, can he, what he can do. And I think one thing that has stood out to me just from watching him uh, the last couple of days is his playmaking. Um, yeah. You can create for a big man. It, it also looks like he has good touch around the rim, which is uh, always going to be really good in the NBA. And his length as well. I think that's the most um, – obviously Jalen Green is going to be the rookie that has the most uh, expectations just being the number two pick. But I think with the – Sengun, if uh, we had, we'll learn how to say it, um, is potentially the most interesting prospect they have, just in terms of he's got length, and he he he's shown that he has uh, talent that could potentially grow, just in terms of what he's already done overseas. And that's a great lead-in for folks who may not have oh. seen any bit of the. Uh, Rockets introductory press conference on Friday. The entirety of it, of course, if you follow me, subscribe to the channel, you know it's on Houston Round Bar Reviews YouTube channel. And last I saw, it's, this press conference got, is going up to 40,000 views. So as of wow. 20 minutes ago, 40,000 views are approaching that. But I want to play a clip from Rafael Stone, about five minutes long, but it's Rafael giving his scouting report of the four uh, rookies. And I think Fans are going to enjoy this. So just sit tight, keep watching folks talking sports, and listen to Rafael Stone describe the newest Rockets. Yeah, with Jalen, I mean, he's electric. Um, his first step is as good as anybody's in basketball, and he, his second and third step might be better. Um, and, um, and, then, and then, you know, when he jumps, it's really high. So, um, so good things happen. Um, and then on top of that, he can, he can handle the ball and shoot. Uh, um, Josh's scouting report was actually like, that was solid. That was solid. So, um, so yeah, I, th I think Jalen, I think Jalen's a bucket and, um, you know, and, and, and again, one of the nice things about the G league is he's already accustomed to the NBA three point line. Um, that range is relatively comfortable for him as he gets older, bigger, stronger, that's just going to become easier and easier. Um, but he can shoot. And, um, and he, and he, he can shoot from all three levels. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I, th I think Jalen is really, really talented. Um, we're going to work on that D. Yeah, we're going to work on the D. Um, but the, but the efforts there is not, it's not non-existent. And so I, I, I kind of teasing him kind of serious, but, but it's not, I, I think he's going to end up being a really, really good, well-rounded all around player who's, who's impactful on both sides of the ball. One thing, like if you're as athletic as Jalen is, you can play defense. You can play defense at an elite level. So it's it's all will and want. And um, and I do also think that 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 there's a lot of will and want. I, we do a ton of background research 
on all the players are <laughs> we put them through ridiculous interviews where they have to meet with like 15 guys and uh and um and it, it, it's really apparent with Jalen how much he loves basketball so th that's that's great um with Josh um yeah so so yeah Josh is a problem like when when he's going downhill it's it's just a wrap and so and he can really handle the ball like really really handle the ball um and so um you know given his he, he's I mean, he's 19, but he's, he's a man when he's coming at you. And so, um, so I just in transition, he's, he's, I actually think these are the two best players in the whole draft in transition. He's electric. And so, um, uh, and then on the, on the flip side of the ball, on the ball defensively, I think he has a chance to be truly special. And so that's with Josh, that's really, that's a really unique combo where he's got something on offense that I think he does right away at an above average NBA level. And then I think is just, just picking up the ball and getting into it. He really bothers people. He's, he's built a little bit like, like Drew Holiday or Eric Gordon and, and those types of players really bother other players. It's not fun to play against somebody who's quicker than you and just bodying the daylights out of you and beating you to the spot. And he already, he already flashes that. All the time, but he already flashes that really, really consistently. And and, and then we're going to work on the off-ball stuff. And and so Josh hasn't had the advantage of playing in the G League or playing in the Euro League. And uh, and so one of the disadvantages is that he's been playing like zone and stuff like that, and playing against people playing zone. And his bigs can sit in the can sit in the middle. So there's going to be a learning curve with rotations and everything else. But I I, I do think Josh has the ability to be a truly elite defender in this in this game. Um, as well as being a truly special attacker. So that's what I see there. With Al P, um, it, you know, he, he's, he's, <laughs> he's really unique too. Like, like, um, around the hoop, he finishes everything and he's just a load. He's a, he's a, he's a big guy and he plays bigger than he is. Uh, and he's a strong guy. Um, and, and he's got touch and then he's got a little, he's got game too. It's like, He's taking the ball, you know, he's rebounding it. You don't stop him. He's taking it coast to coast and he's comfortable. Um, I mean, he's, he's, he's a, he's a big guy. He's not trying to be a perimeter player or a skill guy on the perimeter all day, but, but he's got a ton of skill for a big guy. Um, he can pass the ball. I, I think he can shoot the ball. Um, I'm just, I'm just really excited about him. Uh, and then with respect to Garuba, uh, like I said on uh, uh, last night, I I think he's the best defender in the world who's not playing in the NBA, and so that that's that that's what I see. And so he's gonna have to trans. All these guys are gonna have to translate it. It is. It, it turns out that beating up on beating up on guys a, a division below or on college kids or or you know six months ago in AAU is uh, you know that happens and it's not the same as the NBA. And so that's the challenge for them. That's the challenge for us. Um, and the Turkish league and the Euro league, um, uh, and the Spanish league are really, really good leagues, but they're not the NBA. And so it's a challenge for all of us. And that's, we're looking forward to it. Uh, uh I know they are, we've had that conversation and, you know, we're, we're, we're the challenge starts next week. All right, guys. Usman Garuba. Andy, I think you're still muted, man. Um, the best defender in the world outside of the NBA, 19 years old. Yeah, I caught that too. That's uh, that's high praise. That's Indeed. really high praise. And let me correct myself real quick. Once again, I don't know why I had Josh Christopher coming from Stanford. He went to Arizona State. We're number 13. James 13. Harden. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, I don't know what that, where that came from, but I'm getting old, Andy, so you, you got to 
uh, help the old man. But yeah, a lot of folks feel that Garuba is an elite defensive player. Alperon is not, defense is not his strength yet. So that could be a good balance right there. Alperon's offense, Garuba's defense, good combo right there. But really, a 19-year-old being an elite defensive player? Will, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that, man? It almost sounds like a oxymoron because it, it, it just doesn't, to the, to the first hearing of it, it doesn't quite compute. But I have to take it for his word. I haven't seen a lot of the young man. So, I mean, clearly they've scouted him extensively. So, but that is, as Andy said, that is high praise. Just to say, out of outside of the NBA, this is the best defensive player in the world at 19 years old. That's I don't know if he's you know almost setting. Uh, I don't want to say setting the young man up for failure, but he's he's putting a lot, uh, a great deal of of, uh, of uh, notoriety on the young man's name. And with summer league coming up, I'm quite sure uh, scouting reports that'll be uh, highlighted. And we'll get a chance to see. And let me say this. Rafael's not the only person I've seen here, heard, or read having high praise for Kuba's defensive skills. Mm-hmm. A lot of other folks. So, and, and with those similar words of being an elite defensive player, one of the best, if not the best, outside of the NBA already. We'll get a chance to see it. Team Spain versus Team USA yep. in the quarterfinal, Tuesday night, 11.40 p.m. Central Time. So if you don't, if you don't have, I think it's still on, on Peacock Premium. I don't believe it's on one of the linear channels yet. I think I'm not sure about that yet. But we'll get a chance to see him and see a defense going against uh, KD, possibly. You know, uh, Usman six eight six nine. It'll be fun. Still got Mark and Pagasol, Ricky Rubio. Spain has a lot of NBA guys. So I saw a tweet from a media person yesterday after the men waxed the Czech Republic by 37 points. And he, his comment was I, kind of serious, I guess. I, you know, I don't know if he was being flippant, but he was like, don't tell me that the gap has, has narrowed when the USA is beating the team by 37 points. Okay, the Czech Republic has nowhere near the number of NBA players like Spain, France, Australia, et cetera. I so, make, you know, yeah, make a, make a legitimate comparison. Okay, there are countries who have more NBA players participating for their countries than others. The ones that do are the ones that are competing and beating Team USA. So, seriously, I won't say his name because I don't want to you know, put him out there like that, put him on blast yet, but come on now. <laughs> but overall, Jalen Green gets buckets. Jalen Green said he wants to be not only rookie of the year, wants to earn a spot on all defense team. Jalen Green and Josh Christopher were teammates at AU, friends for a long time. The future could be bright for the, for the Rockets organization. All four of them will be in the United States, play with the Rockets this season. Some of them may spend time in the G League for development, for playing time to get some work in because, you know, the chances of all four of them seeing consistent minutes in the regular season in the NBA is not great, especially right after the top. But they will spend time and develop because, you know, Rockets G League squad, they like to develop. They're good at that. So just what, what is your overall assessment, Andy, you first, about the future of the Rockets? 
I've seen it. I, 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 if you had to give them a letter grade, I'd probably give them an A just in terms of the draft they had. And I touched on it a little bit earlier, just in terms of the variety and in terms of what these players, they all, they all bring a little bit different to the table. They all have potential. They're all young. And it's interesting that, you know, with three out of the four players, um, they didn't go the NCAA route. They played either in the G League or overseas. Um, that's something that it might be something that Rafael Stone as a GM, that's something that he likes or he might prefer uh, players from different experiences. I feel like um, not only the different styles in terms of the big man from, I keep butchering his name. I'm going to go with Sengun um, just in terms of what he can do. And then, like I said, with Jalen Green, I think the G League will probably help him uh, more uh, when he got, enters the league. I, I remember um, hearing an interview a, a while ago with Armani Brooks, who you know, relevant news with him that happened last night. But um, he mentioned just how different it was that jump from playing in the NCAA to, to just the G League. How the different the speed is for players. So that's something that Jalen Green already has under his belt, and I feel like that experience will help him. Obviously, it's in probably an even bigger jump from the G League to the NBA, but. I think still being able to have experience with a high competitive, even if it was a limited sample size this past season, I think Houston had a really good draft. Well, what do you say? What about the future of the Rockets? I think it's bright. As Andy said, I, I concur. Um, four draft picks, four first round draft picks. Yeah. And I'm not big on draft grades three days after the draft, but if I had to give them one, I, I would say it was successful. They, I would give them an A. They, they feel needs. They brought in talent. Two of the guys mm-hmm. they mentioned, defensive players, and which in the today's NBA is not a, a calling card for most players. And for them to be 19 years old, as young as they are, and coming in with that calling card as a defensive player, as a defensive stopper, if you will, when it goes a long way. So I think it's 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 a, a step in the right direction. It's allowing, again, Stephen Salas, giving him tools to work with, give him young guys that can grow together. And um, I think the future is, is, is bright. Andy, you, you tossed it out there as a little teaser, man. Share the news about Armani Brooks. Yeah, I believe they extended the qualifying offer to him to be a restricted free agent. I think it was Kelly Eco from The Athletic that reported that last night. So that's that's good for Armani Brooks. And I'd imagine that's probably leaning towards him returning to the Houston Rockets next season. And at minimum, um, Rockets, him being a restricted free agent, the Rockets can match an offer that Armani mm-hmm. may sign with another team in the league. So that that's good for him. Good news. Summer League starts on August 8th. Um, I think the rosters might be announced sometime this week, if not Monday. But we know who the Rockets are going to play in summer league. The league announced the schedules, and I just focus on the four Rocket games. All 30 NBA teams will participate in Vegas in the summer league. The teams will advance to sort of like a playoff, and they can play like five, six, or seven games if you get to the championship game of the summer league. But Rockets, August 8th, will face the Cavs. Yes, sir. 5.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2. August 10th, Rockets face Pistons. 8 p.m. on ESPN. Gee, I'm not really sure why the Rock- why ESPN <laughs> chose to put that matchup on, on 8, 8 o'clock on, on, uh, on a primetime matchup like that, but hmm, maybe it's because it's 
One versus two in the draft. Possibly. August 12th. Rockets versus Toronto, 7 p.m. on NBA TV. And then August 15th, Rockets close it out against Orlando, 7 p.m. also on NBA TV. Going to shift gears with some local. Well, sorry, Will. H-Town folks who got drafted, connections, H-Town connections who got drafted. Uh, One, Troy Murphy, who attended Rice before transferring to Virginia. He got selected uh, 17th to the Pelicans. But also, Quinn Grimes, Houston Cougars, going to the Knicks, 25th pick. And then as well, Dejon Giroux signing a contract with the Miami Heat. And I got two clips from U of H head coach Kelvin Sampson. And Andy was part of the Zoom call, so he knows what Coach Sampson said. Will, you've got to hear, especially one on the one about Dejon Giroux, if you haven't heard it already, folks, as y'all know, watching, go to YouTube, Houston Ron Bar Reviews YouTube channel for the full interview. But you really got to hear the comments Coach Sampson said about Kelvin and the Miami Heat. But first up, we're going to get into uh, Kelvin's comments about Quinn Grimes. And one thing that uh, kind of surprised me, well, not me really, but, you know, folks who may not know this much about Quinn, check this out about Quinn and defense. Yes, defense. Mm-hmm. Quinn just got to get experience. It's still basketball. Still a 10-foot rim. Free throw line is 15 feet. Uh, Nine-pound ball. Um, it's still basketball. You know, if you shoot, you can shoot. If you can't shoot, you can't shoot. But um, if I say what's the most ready-made thing he can do, and, and um, I'm sure a lot of people would, would be shocked at this, is defense. Quinn can guard. If I told the Knicks, you know, Tom Thibodeau knows knew exactly who he wanted. Quinn was Quinn was uh, Tom's pick. Uh, Tibbs uh, Tibbs loves defense too. He understands what wins championships. Um, but Quinn's body, Quinn has an NBA body. He's six five and uh, he'll play. He'll bounce between two ten and two fifteen, uh, which which is you know when Eric Gordon uh, first got in the NBA, Eric was about six four. Uh, and he weighed around 215. That gives those guys a leg up. You know, you think about uh, guys um, that come in here at 6'3 and weigh 165 pounds um, or leave college and they weigh 165, 170. Those men, those guys, they're playing against this next level in the NBA. Those are grown men. So physically, he's going to be able to uh, compete. Uh, athletically, uh, better athlete than you think. Quinn's athletic. You know, he's not a dynamic uh, athlete. Uh, say like a, a kid we have here, Tajay Moore. Um, but Quentin is athletic. But I think his ability to defend, I think his ability, his willingness to go rebound now and lead the break, uh, he, he's going to be able to do those things. But, you know, the roles guys play in college is not the same role they're going to have in, um, with the NBA team. Like some guy may average 25 points a game in college. If he goes to Brooklyn Nets, there's a good chance they're going to put his butt in the corner. How about it, Will? Quinn Grimes can, can guard. He can play defense. This is amazing to me that and in 23 minutes of basketball talk, we've heard these young guys play defense because that's you, you don't hear that. You you hear, you know, the NBA is is – pick up basketball. No one guards anybody. They cherry pick. They don't, but you have 
college coaches, uh, NBA GMs, speaking about defense as a hallmark. They haven't talked about They very briefly even at all talked about offense. So I, that's that that part right there is amazing to me. But and, and as he said uh, at the end, you know, coming into the league, you know, you're not going to necessarily be, you know, ball dominant in most cases. So you're going to have to come in and be able to contribute in other ways. And so in New York, I think Tibbs is looking for Quentin Grimes to to be more of a scorer. But it, it doesn't hurt his his case to be able to defend. And as you said, he he's guarded in college. So I don't I don't see why that wouldn't translate. Uh, to the NBA. Now, Will, now check this out. Tune in to what he says about Dejan Drew on the Heat. Um, there was two or three teams that I thought, um, I think if Miami had had a second round choice, we talked to them a lot the last week. And they had a second round choice. And they tried to buy a pick, I, I think from New Orleans. New Orleans sold it to Philadelphia. But they were trying to buy a pick last night and draft Dejan. Um, had they had a second round pick, they would have drafted Dejan. They they love Dejan. I mean, they targeted him. Um, and through the draft, through the draft, um, I was downstairs with um, um, Dejan's agent, and he was on the phone with um, one of the scouts. And he said, uh, Coach Bolster wants to talk to you. And uh, of course, I knew Eric from my time in the. Um, uh, NBA. What they love about Dejan is, uh, and, and, and I told our kids this morning, uh, New York didn't say anything to me last night about Quentin's shooting. That, that's what it is. You know, he made 100 threes and he shot around 40%. They didn't mention anything about Dejan's um, uh, percentages or his shooting. They loved, they loved how hard they played. They loved their competitiveness. They loved their toughness. They love their um, the th- they they want that in, in their program. They want them to bring that. Uh, they love the fact that Dejan can play in pick and rolls. They love the fact that he can get in the paint and make plays. Um, and and he's and you know I don't want to get ahead of this. And I probably well I'm not going to say it because it's not my place to say it. But they're they're going to treat Dejan uh, like he's on the team. You know. You know, in the NBA, you can come in the front door, but there's more and more guys every year coming in the back door. You know, we we had um, three guys in the NBA this year, but only one got drafted. Um, look at, uh, I think the Nun kid, uh, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. Don't I have a left-hander for Miami, last name Nun, that, that started and played a lot of minutes, am I right? Yep, Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick yes, sir. Yeah, well, he didn't get drafted. You know, look at the Dork kid. From Arizona State, if my memory serves me right, uh, I think he had 40 in a game this year. It started last year against the Rockets. uh, I'm sorry, yeah, against the Rockets during COVID, right? He didn't get drafted. So not getting drafted, you know, before if you didn't get drafted, you you probably weren't going to make it. But now there's avenues that those kids can make it if they're good enough. But, you know, the NFL has um, so many rounds. How many rounds NFL draft? Seven. I think there's yep, seven. seven. You know, there's there's a there's every year there's a thousand kids that think they're going to get drafted, but there's only sixty spots. You know, I haven't I, I haven't really uh, we've been busy around here all morning, so I really haven't 
looked at the um, social media stuff about who's the best players that didn't get drafted last night. But there, there are a lot of, every year there's always guys that you're shocked that didn't get drafted. Uh, and most of those guys will have a momentary, um, deal with some momentary disappointment. Then as soon as they sign that uh, two-way deal and they realize they're going to get guaranteed money that, uh, and they're going to be in the NBA um, and they're going to have an opportunity to make the team, that, that disappointment leaves very quickly. So uh, Miami, um, those guys at Miami, uh, Eric, I mean, they love Dejan. I mean, they wanted Dejan. He, he was their guy. I could tell that last week. Hmm. Will? <laughs> what do you think, man? Dejan was their guy. I, I heard I heard a piece of that. I heard a piece of that earlier uh this week. Um but again, doing things other than scoring the basketball, pick and roll, how he got in the paint, how he made plays. Those are things that guys in the league are gonna that's gonna get that's gonna keep you in the league. Scoring being flashy, that may get you to the league. But doing those other – P.J. Tucker, prime example. P.J. Tucker doesn't score, doesn't – shoots the corner three sometimes, but he does the other things. He defends, he picks, he rolls, he does the little things, the grinding things, the scrapping things. That's kept him in the lead, I mean, more than a decade. So those are the types of things, as, as he said – Players get so caught up, and I want to be drafted. I want to do this. I want to do that. Get in the league and do as many things well that you can, and, it's, and you'll stick around. Andy, what do you, what did you think when Coach Sampson said the comments about Dejan and the Heat? Mm, the thing that stood out to me was how you know, like you guys have mentioned, um, both for the Knicks and the Heat, they didn't talk about. Quentin or Dejandro's offensive numbers or anything like that, especially going to Quentin. I mean, everyone knows he could score. That was kind of his calling card coming out of high school. But essentially what NBA teams are looking at is everything else. And, you know, like he mentioned with that, what Kelvin said that what Quentin Grimes is, I think he said what Quentin Grimes is ready to do in the NBA right now is to defend. That's what he said is he that's the most that he'd be ready for. And just looking at the season, I mean, U of H would always put Quentin Grimes on the other team's best player, especially if it was a perimeter player. So just that versatility, going back to versatility, that's something the NBA team, especially now, it, it seems like it's they're looking for, and that's what they're attracted to nowadays. One more thing, and I just want to toss it out there, Andy, you know this also. Um, tomorrow, 10 o'clock Central Time, Season ticket sales, Cougs men's basketball go on sale at 10 a.m. I can go to the website, uhcougars.com, call the number. Y'all know all that stuff. You can go to my website for the article, uh, houstonrombarview.com. And I think Daily Cougar has an article about it as well. So just an FYI, I think tickets are going to go fast. If you haven't already bought them, waiting list or whatever. It's going to be waiting list. It's a hot ticket. So it should be another great season. Coach Sampson, he touched on him a little bit. Tajay Moore. Maybe the best athlete on the team and probably is going to come off the bench. <laughs> you know, maybe a seventh, eighth man coming off the bench, seventh, eighth, ninth coming off the bench, depending on how things go. So 28 and four last year, 
made it to the final four. I'm not going to predict final four trip, Andy, but they'll be good again. They'll be the tournament team again. Um, they'll be top 15 most of the season, if not the entire season. It's going to be another fun time at Fertitta Center. Andy, have you thought about how many wins the team may get this season? I have not, but I, I'd probably go in the range. Mm, probably around 25 for the minimum because I, in 2019-20, they finished like 24-8 and eight, uh, the last full season before COVID. Okay, um, yeah. And I, I feel like this roster that they have upcoming for this season is, is a little bit more better than that year's team. So I'd imagine um, they do have an interesting, a tough schedule, especially with the non-conference games that they have. Uh, but if I had to put right now, I'd probably go around the 25 win mark and wouldn't be surprised if they went north of that. Yeah, got non-conference matchups that have been announced. Home against Virginia, neutral side against Oklahoma State on the road against Alabama. So then they're going to the Maui Invitational, uh, chance to play Oregon there. So, and who's the first time matchup? First time matchup is against uh, Butler, I think, Butler. right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tough non-conference schedule. It's an indicator that Coach Samson believes that he believes in his squad and believes what, what he has. I think he believes in the potential of the team and as he said, as we've learned, you know, covering the team since he's been head coach, is they'll get his job is for them to get better. October to November, progresses. November to December, December to January, January to February, and then by March, be playing the best basketball. So I think they're on their way to doing that. Now I want to shift gears just as an indication to uh, some folks who say, oh, Chris only covers. You only discuss with the Cougars. He he only does this side and the other. All right, this is this is for you and and those haters out there. A little clip from uh, Scott Perra, head coach of the Rice Owls, talking about draft pick Troy Murphy. When did you get the sense that Trey was going to get drafted and then get drafted in the first round? You know, look, I, I had a belief when he was a freshman that that if he kept on his trajectory of growing, first of all, physically, and on his work ethic, that someday we might be sitting here. I probably thought it would be after his senior year at Rice, um, but I, I thought he had a chance. Um, you know, you say that sometimes, and, you know, what is that chance? I, I don't know, because it's all really hard, <laughs> uh, and there's a lot of variables. But I, I'm as happy as I am and, and, and as – kind of surreal this all is I'm not shocked coach I don't want to put pressure on your current squad but do you see pro possibilities for for any of those guys I, I'd probably answer this the same way I would answer it with Trey on the roster you know it's just really hard Chris um look at the guys last night that did not get drafted it is amazing look at the college careers they had and they did not get drafted. And then you look at a guy, I think it, one of the guys went in the first round that averaged eight points a game. So it's all, the NBA is a different animal. Um, it, what they're looking for, what they think translates, um, is just really hard to project. So like I tell all our guys in, in, in all our recruiting meetings and even the guys on our team, control what you can control, 
and value this education because no matter what happens, this place is a separator when you get your degree. And hopefully some of our guys, you know, they do have that dream and I want them to have that dream. And I want to help them try and achieve that dream. But it takes a lot of, a lot of, a lot of variables for it to, to happen. So we, we just keep our nose down and work and that's kind of how we, we approach it. Well, Scott Perra, Coach Scott Perra, once again, reiterating your point, getting into the NBA is not all about scoring. You know, it, it's little things as well. It's little things, it's, you know, it's, it's defense. It really is being elite at something, e elite. Get your foot in the door, and then you got to work, put in the work, the effort, the grind. Um, it helps to have one team like you. You know, being drafted – First round is guaranteed money. But once you get that guaranteed money, that's not a guarantee you're going to stay in the league. Right. You still got to put in the work daily. You got to get better daily. You can't listen to your, your buddies, your hangers on, saying, yo, you got, you got it made now, man. You, you're getting this money. You got, you got the bag. You're good. If you want to stay in the league, you have to work to stay in the league. What are your thoughts on that, Will? Oh, it's true. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, whatever got you there, maximize that, multiply that to the to the tenth power. Because as as um, I think it was Coach Sampson, one of the clips earlier, they have guys coming in the back door. You're in here now, but they have always have somebody. I mean, if I look at the NFL, you know, there's a 53, 55 man roster, but every Tuesday they bring players in to work out. For those 51, 52, 53, 54th player uh, roster spots. So you can't get comfortable. You can't get complacent. You have to continue to work. And some guys, unfortunately, do. You know, they get mesmerized by the glitz and the glamour and, and the club, the bottle service and, and clubbing and things of that nature. And they get caught up and, and they lose their spots. But you, more times than not, you know, it's a, it's a business and you have to treat it as such. But all the time, it's a business and you have to treat it as such. Yeah, you have, you know, fringe benefits, if you will. But at the end of the day, what got you there is what's going to continue to allow those benefits to, to manifest and to, be, to come your way. Andy, I want to get your thoughts on this and Will, too. Russell Westbrook going to... <clears throat> The Lakers. It'll be official August 6th when basically the new season begins financially. Teams can begin negotiating <clears throat> negotiating with free agents August 2nd at 5 p.m. Central Time. Negotiating. Begin? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> negotiating. It'll be, a, it'll be a, a miracle how at 501, so-and-so uh, Team X has agreed to a, a four-year, $140 million contract with player why well that sure was a quick negotiation how'd they do that but anyway andy russ to the lakers were you surprised what are your thoughts yeah i was surprised for two reasons one i didn't expect the lakers to be able to pull it off just in terms of uh what they ended up giving up uh, it was an interesting trade for washington uh, getting kyle kuzma a herald and a, a couple of other pieces Right. And I don't know. I I think Washington is such a 
honestly, I have no idea where they are in the timeline. Do they feel like they can build a, a true contender around Bradley Beal and compete in the Eastern Conference, or they kind of seem to be stuck in limbo? Um, from the Lakers' perspective, I think it's it's another uh, <laughs> their showtime. It's another must see must see um, show, and just in terms of if those three, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis fit. Um, it, it's certainly an interesting uh, style that all three of them play, and especially um, in the, the season that Westbrook had here in Houston where, you know, both he and Harden were dominant players, and it, it, it was an interesting dynamic. It's kind of a, a similar situation with the Lakers just in terms of LeBron has kind of transitioned into that facilitator the past couple of seasons as he's gotten a little older. It'll be interesting to see which one of them uh, ends up taking a step back in terms of having the ball in their hands. And for Westbrook, this is going to be the best team he's probably been in, at least talent-wise, that he's been since Kevin Durant was probably in Oklahoma City. So it'll be interesting to see if he can finally help a team get to the to the finish line and get that Larry O'Brien trophy. Will, is this a good fit for the Lakers? A good fit for the Lakers. Um. trying to make myself like this trade in, in all in all sincerity um yes for this for the, a couple reasons one it allows lebron in year 19 to not have to do all the heavy lifting i mean we uncertainty with ad his health we hopefully this offseason he's preparing his body for the rigors of an 82 game season but Recent past has shown us he, he may not be around for all 82. And, and again, year 19, LeBron doesn't want to have to do all the heavy lifting. He can. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. And I think the, the acquisition of Russ will allow him to remain fresher for the playoffs. Um, it also brings them another defender for for whatever reason. I think a lot of people forget Russ can defend. And when he wants to. When he wants to. And I think with this trade, him coming to L.A., he's going to put on for his city. He's coming home. I think he's going to want to put on for his city. Um, he's not the shooter that the Lakers need, but I think that need to be filled later on in free agency You know, with a number of players. I was kind of mm -hmm. upset when I first heard about the trade because that same package could have brought back Buddy Hill. Maybe even one less player. Right. And Buddy Hill makes about $17, $18 million less than Russ. And, and then I thought about it. I said, I don't ever in the NBA want to hear again, we're having problems moving this contract. We're not going to be able to move this contract. Russ, making, Russ has been traded for four straight off seasons, making $40-plus million a year. 44.2 coming up this season. And been traded 47. twice. Right. <laughs> so I don't ever want to hear that. Uh, Kobe Altman, Cleveland Cavaliers, that we're having problems moving this contract. There's no way. There's no way. It can get done when, it, when they want it to get done. Well, put on for the city. He will. Is that a good thing, though? Well, I mean, at what point Russ is a volume shooter? He's not a great shooter. <laughs> okay. He's going to take some shots. 
where opponents are like, thank you, Russ. Thank you for jacking up that 20, <laughs> that, that 25 footer on the, on the break. Thank you, Russ, for taking that step back uh, baseline jumper that hit the backboard. You know, or, I mean, thank you, Russ, for doing those things. Right, right. Will, yes, the Lakers are going to find a way to get the vet minimums to fill out the roster. I just, I just wonder how this is going to fit, man. I mean, Russ is not, as we got a comment on, uh, on our questions from Rockets Red Glare. It's bad. It's bad spacing. You, you know, Russ needs to attack the paint, play downhill. Who's gonna out of those three? Out of that big three, AD. He's an he's an unwilling low post scorer. So he could be the three points out of those three. You know, LeBron can score in the low post, but, you know, LeBron is up there in age. He doesn't want to have to do it all the time. Um, I, I, I need to see – I mean, it, it's August 1st. We got to see who else is going to join the team. What three-point shooter is going to join the team? This, it won't be boring. You know, it, <laughs> Lakers, Lakers didn't have a problem selling out tickets. That won't be an issue. They're going to be on TV the maximum number of times. What is it, 23 times national television? That won't be a problem. Mm-hmm. But man, but I, I say all that. If if they're healthy, Chris, that, the Clippers aren't healthy. Kawhi's maybe out for the whole year. Um, and he just opted out. You know, well, he's he's gonna he'll, he'll come back. He's to this. Yeah, he'll resign for a longer deal. Yeah. Chris Paul opted out. You know, same thing with Phoenix. He's probably gonna resign for a longer deal to stay in Phoenix. A healthy Lakers. Could they be the best team in the West without Kawhi being healthy? Oh, I think so. I think they could, but that's a big if just in terms of what we've seen the past few seasons. I mean, all three of those players, Anthony Davis, LeBron, and, and Westbrook, have had challenges just being able to still stay healthy the past few seasons. So I think it's a big if, but, I mean, we saw a little bit this past season. I mean, early in the season before all the injuries piled up for the Lakers, they looked like they were going to be um, – in a real good position to be able to defend their title and, and be a top seed in the West. And then all the injuries derail every, any momentum that they had at the beginning. So I think just having LeBron on your team, they'll end up figuring out a way to figure the fit stuff out. But if they can't stay healthy, um, it might be all for not. Could Russ's ego, no, no. Could LeBron and Russ's egos clash? Could LeBron – it's LeBron's team. You know, Russ right. may be – Russ's city. It's LeBron's team. LeBron says to Russ, yo, man, I know you, you know, hey, you from here and all the kinds of – whatever. You're still my league. Definitely still my team. You need to fit in. You need to do what we need to do to win. If, you, if you're good with that, we're going to be okay. If not, we're going to have a problem. Okay. As promised, and I'm just gonna let her because mm. I don't know how to pronounce how she pronounced her name, but I, I was tired of no. referring to her as Alperon Shingu's translator. So I reached out to the Rockets and I got this young lady's name. So joining us, mm-hmm. just Denise Aksoy. I was close, Denise Aksoy. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate it. On a kind of short notice. 
um, and you and you mentioned you were you were working. Yeah, I was working actually. I was um, talking with the, with Turkey with the radio station about the things that are going on right here over here. So I was working. I'm sorry, I'm on it. Like I was a bit delayed. Um, yes, but I'm here with you guys, and I'm actually a TV presenter in Turkey. Um, and I have a basketball talk show. I do it with the basketball stars and the legends. And I have guests every week. And I ask questions about their lives and then their careers. And yeah. How long have you been a TV presenter and had that radio, that experience? How long have you been doing that? Radio for a year, um, TV for, for three years. And then I have also a show. In, um, it's like... Um, it's like a platform, like Netflix in Turkey, which is called Gain. I have a show out there too. So I have three shows and I've been doing it, doing all these three shows in for one year. Okay, well, that, that leads to a question. Are you going to be with the Rockets the entire season in Alperin or go back to Turkey? I, I don't know. I don't know anything, but I think I'm going back to Turkey. I, I have no idea. Because, you know, every, because, so the thing is, I was, I was here in the States to cover the NBA finals for Turkey. I was covering the finals. I was in Phoenix, Milwaukee. And then after I went to New York and, and I parents is my friend. So, you know, we met there and everything happened super quickly. And I didn't even know that I would come to Houston. So it's just, you know, everything is a last minute thing. Everything was a last minute thing. Okay. Well, that was one of my questions was how, how did you get assigned to help, to help him out. So when was that? Um, so our, my first help, I mean, my first translating um, time with Alperen was with Mike Schmitz um, when he did for ESPN. And um, so it happened, like it was the first time and I'm, I know him for a year, so yeah. And, and after I got your name, that's, I saw Mike's tweet about you, referencing you in the tweet to help during the interview. So that's how I was like, oh, so there she is. So, okay. Yeah, that is right. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> what is, what does Alperin think of the Rockets, Houston, NBA, anything like that? What is Alperin's, excuse me? And what, what does he think so far of the city of Houston? Oh, he loves it. He loves, so he, that's the thing. He loves the city. He says it's a very, the, the city is beautiful. He likes the food, everything, like whatever we've done for these, I mean, in these three days, he, we, we love it. And he says, like, he loves it. So, yeah, that's what, what I think. What do you think of the city of Houston? I love, I love it. I, it's just very nice. It's, it's beautiful. People are so nice. And when I was taking Uber, um, it, I, like, I saw two females, like, separately, you know, in two, two, in two different cars, and I'm like, you know, women are so strong here because, you know, I love to see strong women, females, so I just love it. The city is, is amazing. People are so nice. Food is nice. Roads are big. Everything is clean, so I really like it. Will you be able to uh, go with the team to Las Vegas for the Summer League? I don't know that about, I don't know about that either. Like, I just don't, for now, I really have no clue and no idea. Might be yes and might be no. Do you know when you, you might find out? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, in these days, for sure. In these days, for sure, yeah. I'll find it out. Andy, Will, y'all have any questions for Denise? Yeah, she kept saying how she liked the city. I'm, I'm interested, do you know, do you like the, the weather here? Um, <laughs> Andy, so I was in, 
Phoenix for two times. And it was like total like eight days I was in Phoenix for the NBA finals. Trust me, after like being in Phoenix here is good. It's, it's, it's nice, you know, it's not that dry. The heat is not that dry. And um, I like it. I like it. But, you know, ACs are so strong in the States because in Europe, like you don't feel that much about like that strong AC weather, like indoor, I mean, you know, that cold. Mm -hmm. um, here it's a bit cold indoor and inside of the places, but outdoor it's, I mean, Houston is better than uh, Phoenix. So I, I can say that, but I don't dislike the weather. It's okay. It's fine. We're in, we're in summer, so it's okay. I cannot complain. Mm -hmm. Will, you have any questions for her? No, right. No. And another question. Oh. Go ahead, go ahead Andy. Yeah, go ahead. I, I just had a different – I'm curious, from, from your perspective, um, how different is the M NBA game, uh, basketball, in terms of how it's played internationally? Um, it is – I mean, you, you want me to do the compression between NBA and the EuroLeague, like Europe games? Yes. Yes. Um, so NBA, comparing to EuroLeague, NBA is super fast. Everything is fast. It's a show, you know, next to EuroLeague. EuroLeague is, is you have to think twice when you dribble the ball. You know, you have to think. You have to read the court um, wisely. But here you have strongest, most talented, most athletic, um, maybe smartest players who are playing for this league, for NBA, because NBA, the, NBA is the hugest organization. It's the biggest one in, in the world as basketball organizations. So it's the, everything is fast on the court because it's a show. It's a total show. So it has to be fast, especially like we're living on 2021. We want to see everything fast, everything quick. We want to watch, you know, short video clips. We want to listen, short podcasts. Like we don't want to see long and you know, slow version of anything. We want to see everything fast. So NBA for this 2021, I'm talking about this age, um, this era's NBA is fast, and that's the biggest um, difference comparing to Europe basketball, European basketball. How long have you been following a sports, a fan of sports? Were you an athlete growing up? How did you get interested in sports? My father used to be the doctor of, maybe you know this club called F.S. Pilsen. The yes. big club in, in um, I think one of the biggest clubs in Europe. And he used to be the doctor of the team for 25 years. So I grew up in team, in the gym, you know, with the basketball players, with Conrad McRee, with Kaspar Kambala, with, 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 so many, with so many legends and amazing players. And, um, and I studied media. I lived in Italy for nine years. So I studied media out there and I wanted to, you know, do um, my passion with my work. Like I wanted to combine those two. And that's how I ended up being the basketball. And I only do basketball in Formula One. Maybe you know what Formula One is. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I only do because they, they always ask me about to do the, you know, football, soccer, or I don't know, other sports. And I always said no, because I want to do what I know the best and what I love the most. And that's why I've been doing this thing since, uh, I mean, for 10 years now. Was it difficult for you to start in the, in the business? Um, not, no, it was not. It was not because I started with the, with the intern in this team. And then I started to do internship in, you know, many different media companies in Europe, in Italy. 
and and because you know you have to work uh, you have to come we say it in turkey you have to work from the kitchen to come on the top of the hotel you know as a manager mm-hmm. so you know every single detail you have to do what it has to take and you have to learn you have to understand from every single one's perspective whatever you want to do in life as work as job and that's why i i i've done like many things as internship you know as volunteer as everything and and i'm blessed and i'm and i'm I, and i feel lucky to do this job and to do, to do this business well denise oxoy thank you very much for for reaching out well i'll reach out to you and you didn't shoot sh- me away so <laughs> thank you for taking these few minutes to join us is thank there anything you want the, the people who are tuning in right now to know about you or how they can find you on social media things like that um, well, my, I mean, they already found me. Honestly. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. The Rocket fans, uh, yeah, the Rocket fans were. Yeah, they're just, amazing, but I really love them. <laughs> really amazing. They showed love and they're just, they're amazing. And my social media is like my name, you know, Denise Aksoy. And, and thank you for love. Thank you for the support. And guys, Alperen is yours, you know. Take care of him. Like we love him in Turkey, and he loves this place, and he'll be amazing this season. He's super dedicated from from already. Like today, you know, he was saying like I'm so dedicated, and I cannot wait to get like get the ball in my hands, and then just dribble and score and do whatever it takes. So you know, we're so happy for Alperen, and I'm so happy to be in the city. And yeah, thank you. Just one last question out of curiosity. How how good is his English right now? Um, he's learning. He's learning. I mean, he's he's gonna learn very. I think it's it's gonna it's gonna be super quick for him to get to you know, know grammar first, and then after he has to learn about the words because I think grammar is the most important part of every single language. I know four languages, so I have to. I, I every time what I, I had to learn as a language, I had to learn grammar first. I think it work with a with study with the teachers so i think he's gonna learn quickly this is great thank you very much um you take care mm-hmm. and may see you somewhere down the line in, at a basketball arena thank yes. you thank you guys thank you and with that i'm going to close out this before hopefully ad joins us a little clip from uh, the rookies who were at rockets uh, tr- uh Press conference on Friday. Three of the rookies, like I said, Usman Garuba is in Tokyo with Team Spain. Check this out. I think that they're going to see a lot of exciting plays, um, and a lot of growth, and just that dog mentality with me. I'm going to try and come on the court and do it my all, 110% every time, just to those lines. So, something that they're going to see every time. I'm going to come in and battle. Uh, I think I'm fearless. Um, so, you know, whoever has, have, we have to lace them up against, I'm going to be ready. Uh, you're going to see players who are going to put in work night in and night out. Uh, we'll have practice, come back to the gym, get shots up before. Just guys that want to get better, man. I think I'm one of those guys. Um, yeah, it's just exciting. We want to get out and run. We have a lot of young guys, so we might as well use our young legs and go. Hey. Uh, Yani hayatım önce buralara zor şartlar aslında geldim ve basketbol sahasında da her zaman savaşçı bir ruhum vardır. Asla maçı bırakmam ve her zaman kazanmaya odaklı oynarım. 
E, elimden geleni yapacağım burada. Çok genç bir takımız, çok iyi bir takıma sahip olduğumuzu düşünüyorum. Bu sene bence çok büyük işler başaracağız. Ben de bu takım için yeni e, genç oyunculardan biri olarak elimden gelen her şeyi yapacağım. Um, the way the path I took to be here um, in my life, it was not easy for me. And now we are here and I will be battling for this team and I will put everything um, out there to show um, how uh, good we are. And we have a good, we have a good and a young team. So we will show um, how to, how to battle in the maximum level. Show how to battle at the maximum level. I like that. I, mm -hmm. I like that. You know, I like hearing that. I think that was pretty cool. One of the close out with that clip from three of the Rockets rookies. Basketball talk for that first hour of Houston Round Bar Reviews, folks talking sports. Now we're going to shift gears and talk some Texans. Houston, Texas with Adolphus A.D. Moore. He's not a rookie to this, but uh, in fact, he and I were were on a, we, we recorded a show Friday for WHTK in Rochester, New York, uh, one of the iHeart affiliates in Rochester, New York. So as I've said, folks know, follow the Houston Round Bar Review, local name, national perspective. But it's getting cool now because maybe global. Got a guy from Turkey in Operan. <laughs> Shingun and Jalen Green and his Filipino heritage. So Houston Round Bar Review, local name, global perspective. And with that, going to bring in Adolphus A.D. Moore, as we always do. Mr. Moore, how are you, sir? Uh, good, good afternoon, gentlemen. Boy, I'm, I'm going to tell you something, guys. I'm, I'm feeling like the, uh, the fifth hitter in, in the lineup, man. What, last week you had Duarte, Sam Kahn. I got to follow behind. Put uh, Denise Asur. I'm, I'm, I'm almost feeling like. Do I need to go back and put some more rosin on my hands, or, or maybe start tap, you know, tap tapping the basket, uh, the baseball up? Maybe want to start throwing some spitters or something, man. I, I'm, I'm almost feeling like, I, I do I belong here with you guys, man. This is what we do, Ad. This is what I want people to uh, who are watching us. This is what we do. This is what this is my vision that I have, I'm glad that Willie and Andy are sharing it with me. They're part of it. AD, I'm glad you're part of it as well. This is what we are, this is what part of what I have planned to do. Going forward, we're going to talk basketball. We're going to talk some baseball. Right now we're going to talk Texans, but this is what we're going to do. So Mr. Moore. Yes, sir. The Texans were off today. I think you've been at practice. They started on Wednesday? Wednesday. Texas practice started Wednesday. And what have you seen? Have you cried yet? But shaking your head, what have you seen? Uh, it, it's, it's still, it's still a composition. It's a mosaic composition that is still, still being composed. It, it's pieces, of, there are pieces out there. Uh, is there any pieces coming together being any, any transformative pitches being developed right now? In my humble opinion, opinion, no, but I can say this, I can say this with pretty much a certainty that, uh, Tyrod Taylor will be the starting quarterback when the Texans open up this open up the season against the Jacksonville Jaguars, unless something unforeseeable happens that he will be the starting quarterback. And I, and we can't quite candid with you. I hope they have another quarterback, uh, uh, in, in waiting because, you know, David Mills, David Mills is, he, he's a rookie. And, uh, when you look at the Jeff Driscoll, Jeff Driscoll, uh, on Saturday, they would, they were in red zone, uh, coverage and, and uh, 
you know, Justin Reed just had a field day off of Jeff Driscoll in in, in, in practice. So I'm I'm going like, man, I you know we know Tyrod. I'm just hoping like Tyrod can stay healthy for the season and uh, possibility maybe push come to shove. You know, we'll see. But it, it what's interesting, uh, I had a sidebar with Whitney Merciless. Merciless, you know, was a number one draft pick in 2012. And Whitney, with the exception of a, a handful of other guys, Chris, Willie, and Andy, I didn't know them. I don't know these guys, man. I mean, I, I, I know guys coming from other teams and so forth. But, you know, this roster has been turned over by well in excess of 50 new players out there. You know, there used to be a strong Clemson connection. And once Deshaun Watson leaves him, man, I think we might have one Clemson player. You know, at one time, man, this was almost getting ready to be Clemson South with, with you know, DeAndre Hopkins and Jay, Rita and, and the rest of the guys and those boys there from Clemson. But it seems like now that uh, the Texans might either are souring on the Clemson players or they just they're not there. But uh, there's, there's a, a cadre of, of, of many personalities out there. And so, you know, as I stated, it's a mosaic. It's it's a it's a messed up mosaic, and we're just trying to see it come into fruition. Now uh, they got one more day in uh, non pads, and then in shell, and then they they go into the pads on Tuesday. So, you know, a lot of a lot of the uh, you know, as I say, watching practices like that with, with them running through the way things are, it's about like watching paint dry. But you know, unless you know, unless you know what what you really want to look at and want to you know take a take a look at and so forth, you know, as I, as I mentioned, going back to Wednesday, you know, everybody knew that Deshaun was was uh was in camp, you know, and and and, and man, you talking about a, like a, a a swarm of locusts. Soon as Deshaun showed up, every camera, even my camera, was even pointed on was pointed on Deshaun, and you know, he took part in a few drills, but for and he, uh, I think he ran uh, scout team safety uh, that Wednesday. Uh, he probably he took uh, took maybe ran the third team offense that Wednesday. But as far as the Thursday, Friday, and yesterday, eh, he, you know, just with, with the exception of a few passing drills, that was it. But uh, I'll go back to my point. Uh, Tyrod Taylor will be the starting quarterback uh, when they take on the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, on September the twelfth here at twelve noon in NRG Stadium. I got one more question for you, AD, then I'll toss it to Andy and, and Willie. When will Deshaun be traded, in your opinion? In my opinion, I would like I would probably like to say probably for the beginning of the season, but I be Chris, I'll be quite candid with you. Your guess is good as mine. I'm I mean, I might as well bet Andy can go go, you know, win the hundred meters now in, in uh, Tokyo. Oh, I'm sorry, that's already over with. Sorry, Andy, I was going to let you go run 100 meters. <laughs> but but uh, who who knows, man? I mean, at this point, uh, the just sort of talking around some of the guys, you know, some of the other media media personnel, it, theory that I, I I firmly believe, and this is just me from talking and just, just and talking to some other attorneys that I know, uh, I think there's some quiet negotiations going on, Chris. I, and uh, I think they, they're trying to get this thing uh, settled. However, of the 22 ladies that have filed a civil complaint, 10 of, 10 of them now have filed a criminal complaint with the Houston Police Department. And so that's under investigation. So, 
and you know, I mean, nothing's been nothing's heard, which is which is good, and what that's what you want when an investigation, particularly a criminal investigation of, of this ilk, that uh, they've taken their time and they've been very meticulous about uh, how the outcome of this situation. So at this point, when I would say I would like to say prior to the season, um, realistically, uh, I think I think one of the biggest questions. Why hasn't the commissioner put him on the exemption list? Because Chris and I think Willie, Andy, and, and you all, all of y'all seen guys get put on the, the commissioner's exemption list for far less uh, indiscretions than what Sean has been uh, alleged to have, have, you know, uh, been involved in. So that's another thing. Plus, and I'm wondering if it's a lot of had to do with the, with that big contract and that big signing bonus that, uh, that he signed with, I don't know. That's speculation. That's just my speculation on my part. Andy? Uh, yeah, I had a, a couple of questions. One, you mentioned you you feel like the Texans are working to get a deal done before the regular season starts in terms of Deshaun. But I, I'm curious, say that doesn't happen. Um, do you see them just ending up having Deshaun Watson inactive? Or how do you feel that dynamic would end up working if he's still on the roster by the time they, they play the Jaguars? He'll be. Uh, I just think. Uh, I think you're right, Andy. I think you sort of uh, put your finger on it. Deshaun will not suit up as a Texan. Uh, it's it's kind of ironic, and, I, and it's kind of ironic that you asked that question, Andy, because a couple of media guys we just sort of were bouncing some things around, and somebody just postulated, just suppose, just suppose that him and Cal just sort of buried the hatch and just went on, and then he becomes. And I sort of looked at him like no way in hell i mean you might as well be selling you might as well be selling eskimo pies in arizona and not houston texas on the corner if that's the case i don't i don't see that happening so well any question ad more will yeah ad um i appreciate it what, who my question is who has Deshaun's ear because first and foremost these are allegations without yes. question yes these are alleged incidents that are being reported and you you know one three five seven perhaps but 22 at what 20, point how about 26 will the number got past 20 number got up to 26. however 26. Let me, i'm gonna come back and answer you answer your question sure you realize that there are 18 ladies on the other side that that said they never had any indiscretionable issues with Deshaun. i just want that out on for just for the record thank you i did not know that yeah, there, there have been now that folks want to make want to cast those you know, dispersions on their character. I don't know. I can't tell you because see, all of the allegations and like I say, I have to I have to refer to them as allegations because if I have to refer to them as facts, that means I'm present. As far mm -hmm. as I'm concerned, I wasn't present. And you know, Chris wasn't present. I don't think Chris were you present? No, no, sir. No, nope. Andy, Andy, I don't know. I mean, you are you are you old enough to be out past 12 o'clock? <laughs> <laughs> you look you know, yeah. young looking and see Willie, Willie, Willie. I don't know. You, you don't you don't look like you hang with little baby or nobody that you know making honey bricks and throwing. No, I don't do no honey buns, bro. <laughs> 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 but now you know, you know, but if I'm you know, getting back to your question, Willie. I'll be quite candid with you. That's a question that I have sort of kicked around. Chris and I have even we've we definitely kicked it around off the air and just 
And, and, and here's, here's the thing. You got to understand, and, and, and this is a point that I've made. Remember, Deshaun at Clemson was, you know, he, he, he was the gold standard. Okay? Now, you're in the NFL now. I don't need anything from Deshaun. I never, you know, and 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 I've, I've always tried to keep a relationship, a distant relationship. I tried to keep it on a professional uh, agenda with the athletes that I cover. Uh, the late Max Edison, which Chris Chris knows real well, we all we all tried to establish a rapport, but you know we tried to keep there certain things that you know we tried to as a person who had traveled some roads and seen some things uh, a lot more than what these, what these young guys are seeing, because remember, I, I'll put it like this. I go back to the Houston all the days. Okay. I've seen some things. And when we come out that back door, we used to come out from an all game and come out that back door, going to our car and you used to see some things and you just sort of go like, mm-hmm, okay. And just keep, you see, and you don't see. Mm-hmm. All right. And, you know, you could have conversations and you could just sort of, you know, grab a, grab, you know, say a guy like Andy, and I'm not picking on you, Andy, but, you know, you can sort of like, hey, man, come here, let me, let me put, a, put a bug in your ear and something to that ill. When these guys have been on that level and have gotten that type, that type of, uh, of pronounce, uh, you know, on that platform and on that stage, you know, folks are coming at them. And so, and I'm pretty sure that you know Deshaun, you know he 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 the 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 lifestyle and the house that he was raised in, you know he, he's pretty careful about the type of people who's around him. However, I would I would tell you one thing. Uh, I know one I I I know one thing. I wouldn't be using Instagram to be making making appointments. I yeah, you know that's see, I wouldn't be doing that. Okay. I would not be putting myself out like that. Uh, and, and so, I mean, but remember, I, and, and, and I'm, and, and Andy, again, I'm not defer, I'm not picking on you, but see, you are, you're, that, you're probably in that generation. I, I don't know what they call it. I, I got, after X, Y, and Z, I quit trying to figure out what, what generation. I mean, I, 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 mean, I have high school kids that I have to, that I deal with and, and, you know, and they try to pull one on me. Like, I don't know a thing about social media and so forth, but, you know, I I understand now that the new variable right now is TikTok and everything right now. I I will keep up with it. I, I you know I understand what's going on to that extent, but I don't think I would be making uh making contact or making dates on on Instagram. I don't think so. Not me. A- Ad. Yes. Sir. Let's let's go down the schedule. Let's see. Hmm. You made yeah. you opened it up. You said it on the show we recorded. Yep. You said sh- four. You said four wins. I I, I can I say probably no. four. Okay. No, yeah. I said four. You said four. I did say okay. four. And one of them was Jacksonville. Yes. All right. Of, all right. First game of the season, regular season. Yep. Is Jacksonville. That's the home game. Is that that's the one win game. right there? That that one win right there. That's the one. That's one. That's one. Okay, what and, do you say? What does it say about Jacksonville? If if the Texans can beat Jacksonville, what does that say? That that uh, they just beat Jacksonville. You, okay. you mean, come on, you got two. Look, look here. Let's face it. You got Urban Myers. Everybody think Urban Myers is is, is going to walk in there. Remember, this is not the University of Florida anymore. This is not Ohio State anymore. 
Will, Will, sign me right this, there, Will. Will, you know about Mr. Urban Meyer. What, what are your think, thoughts about Urban Meyer at Jacksonville? Uh, what do I think? Yeah. Um, I think Urban, he's in, a, he's in, he's in store for a rude awakening. <laughs> Urban Meyer lost nine games in seven years at Ohio State. Are you saying he might lose nine games this first season in Jacksonville? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, if not more. You know, hey, Will, Willie, Will, you made a good point because remember, Urban has a it has a problem losing. Yeah. Remember, he can't he can't digest lose. I mean, I don't know anybody that likes to lose. I don't mean just you know just stand up and just willfully like a pinata and just be like, yeah, he hey, I'm, I'm gonna get beat, you know. But you know it, that stress, and I'm I'm still to this day trying to figure out, okay, how are you going to do with a 16, 16 game schedule, and the ups and downs. How are you going to do? Remember, because I, I, and I and you know this for a fact with the, what the Buckeyes, somebody get hurt up at Ohio State, next man up, and that next mm-hmm. man up, that's a yeah. fact. You got a five star running second team. You yeah. probably have a four star running third team. Remember, you only allow 52, 52 guys on the league, but you're not going to suit out all. And then you got a, what, a 10 or 12 man practice squad. And then you steady turning that over on a weekly basis. And and you know I know he reached out and gave Tim Tebow or you know that that was sort of like a a personal thing. But if Tim Tebow's on that roster, come the opening day when the Texans play, yeah, I can see them beating the Texans beating Jacksonville. Me too. Cleveland, nah. Okay, so we one and one, <laughs> one and one. Week three, Carolina Panthers. Panthers. Yeah, uh, they may lose about a field goal. Week four at Buffalo. Yeah, you were trash talking with the guys with this. At oh Buffalo, yeah, week oh four. yeah. Hey, hey, let me tell you something. The Texans are gonna are gonna sneak up on somebody. Somebody is not gonna just somebody gonna somebody's gonna look up. Oh, here's the Texans on the schedule, and they're gonna and they're gonna take them for granted. Uh, I'm hoping to be at that game because I, I, I'm going up there. Because yeah, we were trash. At least I was. You weren't trash talking. I was doing all the trash talking up there. Uh, that might be the up. I, I call that my upset of the early part of the season. Okay, so two and two. Well, okay, AD. All right. Uh, week <laughs> week five, Patriots. We the 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 mean the Patriots South take up the the New England Patriots North because that's yeah. basically what we have right now. Right. You you, you got to be at home. Got to be at NRG. So, the, will the original Patriots beat the the Patriots light? Uh, well, you remember the Patriots have a pretty successful record. They won a Super Bowl here uh, on that in that same stadium. So I'm pretty sure that even 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 without Tom Brady, yeah, they'll take they'll walk out of with a victory. Okay, so that's two and three. Week six at Indy. Uh, if Carson Wentz is still with a with a bad foot, they might. I think they probably can go in there, make him walk in there and steal a game. Because Carson Wentz is, is is undetermined when he might be back. Oh boy, AD, you giving you giving the coaches or 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 something a whole lot of credit stealing games and stuff like this. Okay, so is that a win for the Texans? Three and three, three and three. Is that what you're saying? Possibility, but more likely the coach, the coach. I don't think. I, I, they no, 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 AD. I long, I'm only long enough. Be, they won't beat the coach. Okay, yeah, I'm a no possibility. We we gonna pick something today. Okay, yeah. two and four. At Arizona, they won't beat Arizona. Two and five. No, because between DeAndre Hopkins and and because uh, D Hop gonna be probably be looking for at least four touchdowns. 
he's gonna he he's gonna try to get four touchdowns, and JJ will probably want to have at least four or five sacks. So no, I don't see it. All right, two and five, week eight, the Rams. Yeah, no. Two and six. <laughs> okay, week nine at the Dolphins. Um, no. Okay, that's two and seven. Got a bye week, week 10, week 11 at Tennessee. Uh, are you kidding? <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, All right. Hey, I'm that's going the week to start. That's the week to start Derrick Henry in fantasy. That's what that week is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. De- I mean, come on. Derrick Henry. I mean, come on. What are you going to have? What? About 235 yards that game? Probably. Okay. So two and eight. Week 12. Yes. The Jets. The Jets. Yes. Got to win. Got to win. Okay, that's three wins, Andy. You hear that? Three wins. Okay, week 13, home for the Colts. They'll lose. Okay, we still have three wins. Three and nine. Week 14, Seattle. Russell Wilson, lose. Three and ten. Remember, Dwayne, Dwayne, Brown, Dwayne Brown will come back in here. He'll be at that left tackle. They'll probably, they'll probably be running to the left side all night with Dwayne Brown going to prove that he still should have been here. Y'all got rid of me ahead of time, so Dwayne Brown – Along with Russell Wilson, they, uh, he'll, they'll lose. All right, week 15 at Jacksonville. Uh, no. Okay, still have three wins. And okay, week 16, home for San Diego. Win. Ooh. What? Ooh. I, I didn't stutter. Ooh. Okay, that's four wins. <laughs> Andy, you hear that? We ain't got about four wins. Four wins. Thanks. Week 17 at the 49ers. No. Okay, I didn't think so. And then uh, close it out because it's 17 games now. Week 18, home Titans. No, even if Derrick Henry sitting on the bench. Okay, so four wins. Yeah. Andy, Will, your thoughts on that? That that seems to be the consensus among uh, really just anyone that that's covered the Texans and. Honestly, probably nationally, I, I, I'm sure that no one has high opinions for the Texans. Um, I don't like AD said. Uh, I could certainly see the Texans sneaking up on some teams if they take them lightning you know, any given Sunday. Um, but with the expectations, especially uh, just in terms of where the roster is, so much turnover, so much inconsistent. And I have a question for you, AD. What are your thoughts on David Culley and what you've seen from him after the first week of training camp? Very enthusiastic, uh, first-time coach. This is a, this is interesting, guys. He's walking around with a cheat sheet because none of the players have names on the back of the jerseys, and obviously wow. he doesn't. He doesn't even know any of those players. He has a special uh, uh, roster, and he walks around with that he doesn't even know all the guys. And so, but he, he's here's the deal: Romeo Cornell is still as a consultant. All right, Romeo is out there. He's gonna lean on on Romeo a lot. He has Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith was, was you know carried the Chicago Bears to the Super Bowl against the Indianapolis Colts. First time he had two uh, black head coaches, Tony Dungy and, and the Chicago uh, Tony Dungy and the Indianapolis Colts against the uh, Chicago Bears. All right, uh, Lovey Smith is, is is will be he's gonna lean on Lovey a whole lot. Those two guys right there, I think he's gonna have to lean on a whole lot. Um, He's enthusiastic. He's first-time head coaching job. Did I expect him to have his head coaching job in Houston? Andy, I, I'll be t- if I said yes, I would be lying. No. No. 
I, I think after the situation, I think with Nick Casario and him, what they're looking at, and I'm hoping I'm, I would like to be wrong, but I think he did not because remember, it's a ton of, of one-year contracts that the Texans have signed players with with option year. So the attitude is, hey, we got to, we got to put a team out on the field. That would be that would be some guy that would that's going to be on offense. That's going to be eleven guys with that with that steel blue helmet on. On defense, it's going to be eleven guys with a name on the back of the jersey, and it's going to say Houston Texans. So we're going to see now. Are there some players with some? There are some. There are some solid players there. They got, but who? Who? Uh, J- uh, Jason Reed. I think. Uh, I think Reed is going. You going. You 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 for I mean realistically get hey man come on you still got Zach Cunningham out there Zach is a thumper Zach will be a Zach will start on anybody any team in this league Zach Cunningham there are a few players that, that they they have to build around not a whole lot of players to build around but there there's a few players to build around but you know what they bit they gonna get it, that's why I'm looking at when Deshaun is uh was traded they traded for draft picks they and and what. At minimum, two first round, a couple of seconds, maybe a third. So, it, it, I mean, this is this is a rebuilding mode. It, what was interesting Saturday, guys? They had the season ticket holders out there. Now, I don't know if any of y'all had a chance to, if you haven't experienced when the Texans and the crowd when they got fans there. You talking about a, I mean, just a bomb burn. I mean, you talking about an atmosphere. Uh I thought I was at a wake for a while there. <laughs> I mean. It, 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 <laughs> It, wow. it, it just wasn't it, it wasn't that atmosphere that I've been used to when the fans are there. Okay. It it, it just wasn't. And, and and I realized these were the season ticket holders. And I know they probably, you know, being a little hearty tardy or whatever the case. But when, <laughs> when they got when they got the fans out there, you know, I mean, it, it's rocking and rolling out there in a the practice session. And and for the you know, and to me, I'm sort of going like uh, and somebody had to remind me, these are the season ticket holders. I said, oh, okay, all right. No, they did have a bunch of youth football team players. The, the teams was there uh, practice Saturday as well. But atmospheric-wise, mm, well, you know, it, it, I'm just just I'm just calling it like I see it, guys. And uh, it could be a long season. It could be a very long season. All right, AD, thank you very much for joining us. How can folks find you on social media? Because we're going to close it out with the three of us, uh, me, Willie, and, and Andy. Well, wrap it up. How can folks find you on social media going forward uh, for the season? Going forward, uh, the uh, website, you know, obviously you'll find me on on, on the uh, round ball area. You know, my my, my segments on, on the Houston round ball. But you can catch me on Twitter at uh, AD underscore more 64. Uh, I'm probably my biggest thing on Twitter. Yeah, occasionally you'll catch me. Uh, I'll drop some things on Facebook. But uh, I'm not. I don't. I had. Uh, of course, if Andy can teach me how to how to do Instagram or TikTok, I might. <laughs> I, might I might do that, guys. But hey, man, really, I appreciate it, guys. Thank y'all for letting me squeeze in. You know, I, I'm I'm hoping I hoping I felt the uh, fifth spot in the batting order, like you know, because after last week and then I had to come behind that dynamic young lady, the uh, the turkey interpreter, man. I'm I'm going. You know, I I didn't want to be like a fish out of water. I hope I was a. a, a a, a hammerhead shark, a black tip shark, or something, and not a and not a little uh uh pole, you know, a little guppy or something in the water. <laughs> Ad, you did fine, man. Thank you very much. And, and going forward, uh, he'll he'll have his own um, at the Admax Corner. We'll do football specifically, uh, streaming those shows. Maybe after Texas football games, 
throughout the season. So you mean AD chopping it up after Texas lose more than 13 <laughs> times this year. So AD, take your, thanks, man. Take care. And uh, keep in touch. I'll, I'll talk to you in a few minutes after the show, okay? Appreciate it, guys. Hey, hey, guys, y'all appreciate it. Thank y'all for, for, letting, for letting the guy can just come in and share the spotlight with you. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you again. Appreciate Take care. It. Thank you for Later. joining us. All right. <clears throat> Will, you got anything to close out? Because one touch on real thing. <clears throat> the irony. Last week, <clears throat> excuse me, last week, Texas A&M people were hot. They were just hot. There's no way in hell we're going to allow the Longhorns into the SEC. The Board of Regents met Wednesday, Thursday, eight to one in favor, allowing, agreeing to have a vote, agreeing to vote with a conference for the Longhorns to join the SEC. What happened? What, what happened there? Somebody, somebody saw a balance sheet. <laughs> yeah. Somebody saw a balance sheet. Like, do you realize when they come in here, we have this now, we will have this. Oh, okay. Eight to one. Let's go. And then the SEC extended the invitation. Unanimous vote. 14 zip. Unanimous vote the next the, the day after that, inviting Texas and Oklahoma to the conference. I I thought. There was going to be a problem with this. What is what's the problem? I'm just, uh, I'm 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 shocked. I'm shocked. What what happened there? And, and don't tell me this July 1, 2025 stuff. Stop it. Well, yeah. you know, we, we <laughs> I all know that's, that's for legal purposes. Yeah, that's legal purposes. Right yeah, there, of yeah. Course, of course. Yeah, we everybody knows that. You know, yeah. Andy, I haven't seen much of it, but apparently, uh, the AAC. One, what do you want to call it? Report, rumor is looking at getting all eight of the remaining teams from the little 12 to join the American. Well, that's a bold move right there, man. I mean, that, yeah. So, what are you, Andy, your thoughts on that? And then, Will, I'm going to close it out. Yeah, like you said, that's a bold move. But honestly, that that's what the American Athletic Conference should do. I mean, that, yeah, everyone, they've been talking about this past, especially since I've covered them. They've been branding themselves the Power Six Conference. I mean, you, you know what they say when you have the opportunity. I think I can't remember specifically to what it is. But when you have the opportunity to step on someone's throat, you do it in terms of uh, finishing off the Big 12. If you can absorb those teams, if there's any chance you you shoot your shot and do it. And according to the big 12 that ESPN was also back in the American athletic conference and, and they accused ESPN of helping that um, helping the American athletic conference, try to absorb those teams. If the American athletic conference has ESPN in its corner, Hey, they have, they're a lot more powerful than, than we thought uh, when this news originally broke. Yeah. But that's, uh, I think that's the indication. I guess I'm making an assumption that if that is true, it seems to me that ESPN is backing the American, the future of the American, rather than the future of the little 12. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? Yeah, um, I'm, I'll throw a wrench in it. I don't know if ESPN is as powerful as they once were. In I'll what way? That. In what way? Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, Disney, they've had a lot of cuts financially. They let go of a lot of talent. <laughs> they let go of... Uh, a number of 
people. They just they just uh, reestablished themselves with the NHL, so they they're back in hockey. But I don't know if ESPN is really that that power player, that power broker that they once were. So I don't know the AAC. I mean, you guys that that's your 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 background, that's your area, so you you know that better than I. But I just don't see all eight teams: Baylor, Texas Tech. Iowa State, Kansas, joining forces with the AAC. I think I think there are other opportunities out there for Kansas and Iowa State that would yeah. benefit them better, benefit them more so than, than joining with the AAC. You, you could be right. I um, I, I'm kind of curious to see <clears throat> if Commissioner Resco will address this Wednesday, <clears throat> excuse me, um, on the second – official second day of their football kickoff meeting day because Tuesday is just really a preview. They're going to show both days will be on ESPN plus. So fans plug from my site. If you don't already have ESPN plus go to HoustonRoundBarReview.com. There are links on my site where you can sign up to get ESPN plus and Disney plus and Hulu for our one price. Uh, and I do earn a commission on that, but yeah, Sunday, Tuesday, August 3rd, starting at 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus, the American Media Day pregame show. It'll be a two hour show where they're going to preview all 11 football teams. Wednesday morning, August 4th, at 8 30, Commissioner Resco is scheduled to give a state of the conference speech. I wonder what he'll say, if anything, and how, how he'll phrase it regarding the future of the conference, expansion, realignment, whatever. Obviously, you have to be careful what he says for legal purposes. But I'm curious what he, how he'll phrase his speech. So that'll be Wednesday, August 4th at 8.30 Central Time in the morning. There'll be two sessions, 8.30 a.m. and then 12.30 p.m. as they split up the team to discuss uh, the AAC football on ESPN+. Plus. So Andy and I know, have been talking about this. He knows how I feel about how the conference has done such a sorry job <laughs> utilizing the ESPN Plus platform. So hopefully this is an indication that they are finally going to use it and utilize it more. They did finally hire uh, someone in the studio digital area, I think two weeks ago. She'll be in, in uh, working in digital and I'm assuming she'll be part of media day these next two days august 3rd and 4th well you know you got a point about ku iowa state the other conferences but what if those schools are told no no thank you from the big 10 from the acc from the pac-12 uh you know yeah no and those schools have no other option then what you said there are currently eleven teams in the AAC. Yep. There's no. There's not going to be a nineteen-team conference. Sixteen is the number. Which is, see, now you brought up something that I heard yesterday, and this shocked me. This person told me, and I had never even considered this, because I think it would open up a whole nother can of worms. This person told me, "Oh no, Chris." They're going to drop some teams. Mm. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I said, yeah, it'll be 16 teams. So I was like, oh, 
Man. If that happens, I think that's so far-fetched. But if that happens, because, you know, Will, you said it. It, it won't be 19. Football is king in, in college sports. Man, if, if you drop schools, you really don't care about the perception about what people think about you, at, you know, for other sports. You don't care. You don't care at all. <laughs> you just you are clearly showing football is king, football and basketball are king, and the rest of y'all, if you don't play those that sport, sorry. Boy, I don't yeah, know how that, could, how that could work legally. But thoughts, Andy, what do you think about that? And we'll close it out. Yeah, I was just going to say that's got to put schools like Wichita State. I mean, Temple, you probably put East Carolina in there on notice. I mean, that that's interesting. I hadn't heard that before. So, but honestly, it, it's not surprising. I mean, if you, they get a chance, if I mean, to substitute the team from the Big 12, especially the upper echelon, when you're talking about the Oklahoma States, the Texas Techs, the Baylors. Um, I could see the American Athletic Conference wanting to add those teams over the bottom tier teams of the American Athletic Conference, but that that's surprising. It I hadn't heard that before. Yeah, that that shocked me when I heard that. So I because it, you know it brings up the point: why would conferences go beyond sixteen? You know, we were discussing last last weekend twenty. 20 teams in a conference, 30 teams in a conference, you know, these, these mega mergers and stuff. Okay. You know, that didn't make any sense either, mm -hmm. but dropping schools to be at 16, that opened my eyes. I, I was, I was stunned. I'm still surprised at that one. So I don't know if there's any legs to it or not, but just to have it tossed out there. And I was like, wow. All right. Closing it out. Will, how can folks find you on the internet? I appreciate the opportunity as always. Um, Will Gibson 7 on Twitter as well as Instagram, uh, WTGSports.com, as well as the Will Knows Facebook page. Andy, how can folks find you? Yeah, they can find me on Twitter at Aonis underscore five. Uh, they can follow our podcast, Pod Slam Ajama, which um, I'm going to keep take the opportunity to plug in more. But this last week, we had the opportunity to interview. UH women's basketball head coach Ron Huey. We had a good conversation. Actually, uh, we asked him about his thoughts on just the conference realignment across the NCAA. He had uh, pretty good quotes and about the American Athletic in general for the upcoming season, what he expects in terms of the women's basketball season. He talked about a couple of the players. So good episode. Check it out. That's Pod Slime Jamma. Uh, I'll put it on the screen. But content, 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 Chris. Content is key, man. And, and I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. Houston Round Ball Review on YouTube. Houston Round Ball Review on Instagram. Twitter, you see, scrolling across the screen there. VHR Review. I uh, hope everyone enjoyed the show. Thanks to our guests for joining us. Translator, TV presenter, radio, uh, radio TV, and translator, Denise Oxoy. Currently, yeah. New Rockets. Um, rookie Alperin Shangun, she's translated for him. Not sure how long that'll last. Didn't, didn't sound like it'll be for the season. So mm -hmm. we'll see how that how that goes. But thank you very much for her for joining us. Thanks to AD Moore uh, for talking Texans, Houston Texans with us. Um, the second hour, just indicator of, of 
going forward, our plans going forward, basketball, football, some baseball, and put it out there again. Once again, my invite to the journalists, student journalists at Rice still applies. Rice, TSU, HBU, Prairie View. If you want to come on and talk sports for your schools, please join us. Just hit me up on uh, my DMs, whatever. Hit me up and we'll, we'll make that work going forward as well. As always, thank you very much for watching us. This is another edition of Houston Round Bar Review presents Folks Talking Sports. Uh, we're going to do it again at the same time next week, fellas. Next Sunday? Let's do it. Let's do it. Everybody take care and see you next Sunday. <laughs>